Good afternoon, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm your morning, my co-host as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Arsenal take on Liverpool. You know, first point of discussion after coming off a victory against Spurs in the North London derby. Um, you know, you you wondered where it would, your Arsenal would, or how we would fare in this game because, you know, it is against Liverpool. They have been, you know, tossing us aside every time they played against us. But I feel that this one was up for grabs. Arsenal coming in good form and Liverpool struggling. Yeah, and I mean, the big clash at the Emirates, as we mentioned, uh, leading up to the game, the hype was also at full tilt, you know, as we got close to uh, match day. Um, what I liked already from the get-go when they, they switched to the studio like an hour before kickoff, the stadium was already, you know, buzzing, you know, as they awaited the players to come into the arena. Um, and I think that's also the way you also want to start a, a sort of game like this. We got the crowd already rocking up front, not like, you know, from the first whistle type of thing. And then the game kicks off at a, you know, lightning fast pace. Uh, Liverpool on the attack, actually, and I mean, they get, I think, just a bit into the Arsenal half. They end up getting, you know, losing the ball. And then immediately when the ball breaks, Saliba gets it, feeds Ben White, who ends up slipping in Saka, who then drives at the Liverpool defence. And then, I mean, I didn't expect him really to do this, but then, I mean, because I was thinking he's going to just keep on going towards the touchline and then coming in. But I mean, he immediately played the ball infield to Martin Odegaard who continued also to drive the team forward. And, I mean, his timing was so on the money because, I mean, by the time Odegaard slips in uh, Martinelli with a slide roll pass, the Scouts' defensive line were already all over the place. And, I mean, Martinelli runs onto the ball, nips in and passes the ball under Allison. one no Arsenal, 57 seconds. Yeah, I, I, I celebrated, but it, it reminded me of flashbacks of... Um... Ainsley Maitland-Niles scoring 1-0 at Anfield very early on in the game. And we all know how that ended uh, for Mino Hattrick. So, um, yeah, excellent goal. I think, you know, this epitomized the new Arsenal, you know, inverted commas, that, you know, was so um, ruthless on attack. And, you know, good finish by Martinelli as well. Good composure. Maybe a Martinelli of a season or two ago would have probably hit that into Allison or, you know, placed yeah, it yeah. right. And I mean, honestly, my take again of the game was, you know, if you really go back and you really turn the clock back, I was thinking of the game that we played Charlton at the time where the game was, where they, you know, because I thought the game was going that sort of direction where they, you know, from the first to the 15th minute, they just blitz. Charlton, you know, totally dizzy at, the, at that point. But I mean, yeah, we go into the lead, well-deserved. Uh, then as the game now, you know, restarts again, Liverpool really looked quite confident. They also pushing on the front foot. And I mean, I don't know if you picked this up or the listeners picked this up. Liverpool started switching from their normal formation that they were going to start with to a, a three, a, yeah, three, was it, what's it, three, four, three? Or what was it now? Where they actually went all out. They, no, sorry, four, two, four. Four, four two, four, yes. Yeah, because yeah. I was thinking to myself, are they really going to be that brave and throw, you know, the kitchen sink at us? Yeah, it does. They, 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 they are a team like that. You know, that's, mm-hmm. they're, they're always just focused on the next goal. Regardless if they're 2-0 up, 2-1 down, 3-0 down, 3-0 up, they're always just focusing on the next goal. And I think it was important that Arsenal, you know, didn't allow them to turn it over quickly because, I mean, you know, you need to let yeah. them work for it because there's too many times we've, we've taken the lead against Liverpool and, like, through an individual error, suddenly, um, you know, Arsenal go be pegged back again. Then fifth minute, Liverpool still on the front foot. They get countered by Arsenal. The ball gets uh, played through to Martinelli. He, you know, he ends up taking the ball past the halfway line. And he gets all done by Luis Diaz, I mean, who gets a rightful booking. But I mean, almost like alarm bells ring. And also, it shows the sort of game muscle already playing it, where they start sitting deep. Not as deep as the way Tottenham were doing it, but almost like it gives, it gives them still a chance to counterattack the, the, the Scousers. Yeah, no, I, I, um, Liverpool, were, I think, of that were a bit wary because they knew if, if, if Arsenal caught them again, it could have been game over. And at Alexander-Arnold, you could see he was playing with such fear when it came to every time with Martinelli. And also, he was caught out of position so many times. Yeah. Um, then, 10th minute. Now, look, this, I'm, I'm again going to be on the fence here because remember what I've been telling in the last few weeks? 
this thing that Ramsdell does. Look, I don't know. I mean, okay, he did wins when he took that one goal kick. That I'm not gonna yeah. But I mean, Liverpool, like from the fifth to the tenth minute, were in a sort of ascendancy where they were almost like hanging on the pressure that much, and, and it was almost like relentless. And I mean, okay, yes, Ramsdale then goes down in tenth minute, and um, my take was just was this not sort of uh, opportunity to get a sort of breaking play or a respite for us, or was you know actual injury because. I mean, he got checked out by the physio. He ended up just, you know, getting a drink and a little bit of sponge uh, wash or something, sponge it up. And then that was it. He was back in, in golf us. Yeah, I was also worrying, you know, maybe that wins is all part of it, you know, because the cameras are always on on the players these days. So he kind of does that. And then thereafter, you know, there's a bit of pity because he kind of um, goes down afterwards. But... You know, it, it, it could be actually because it just kind of sucks the life out of the game a bit. You know, just I'm yeah. sure you wouldn't be winning like that if you were one all down. So it's a good thing to probably, you know, keep your eye on if ever, you know, in that situation. But, um, you know, uh, I think these are all tricks and things that yeah. are, Arsenal needs to be, you know, too much of a nice team, you yeah. know, where they're very honest and it always bites them in the behind. So, you know, Good on Ramsdale if that is the case. Not that I'm endorsing that type of tactics, but I mean, you know, sometimes you need to calm the game down a bit because if you get into that same tempo as Liverpool, they will knock you out of the park. Yeah, because I, 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 I still feel that there's a tinge of, of you know, gamesmanship to it because, I mean, there's also moments where you see Martinelli get bumped off the ball and then he almost like convulses there with his hand in the air because at one point I was like geez it looked bad and then when they showed slow motion it was just he got bumped off the ball it was no <laughs> heavy impact on the ankle or anything but I mean either way only like he wanted to show the ref that look I mean distress he must either stop the game or the ball must be kicked out of play because I just think that is the thing that also gives opportunity for if things are going a bit awry Arteta can still call the players over to say look this one or pass a message to this one or that one and it's all that kind of buy, you know, buying and biting us time. Yeah, I, I think whenever Arteta has a word with his team, things change drastically. So, yeah. um, I think it could be a bit, but like, you know, it's going back to that Martinelli, you know, when he goes down and like convulsing, like he's become such a key player to us that when I, I see him go yeah. down like that, you know, I get a bit of heart palpitations because like I don't want him to, I mean, if he gets injured at the moment, there's nobody really that can. Give us yeah. that same fierce um, attack and pace. I mean, suckers fast, but Martinelli is something else. Yeah. Um, then, 25th minute, uh, Darwin Nunes, you know, finally manages to get himself free. He finds a shot at Ramsdale, which the keeper, you know, confidently palms away. Then, 34th minute, uh, Gabriel ends up... I mean, honestly, I don't know what he was attempting, but, I mean, he tries to... Almost like half... He hooked the ball when it got uh, uh, lofted over. Uh, he almost like gets himself totally in a in a mess. He ends up uh, miscuing the whole ball. The ball then you know bursts down to to Diaz. He ends up taking the ball down to the right flank, cutting the ball back. And I mean Darwin Nunes comes in and stabs the ball past Ramsdale one one. I was quite angry with it, that goal yes. conceded because it was silly. Gabriel once again. I don't like to you know. Uh, pick on the play. I don't like to, you know, but how many times has he um, allowed that individual errors to creep in and, and concede a goal where, you know, we didn't need to concede a goal in that instance. It was silly schoolboy error. I mean, you know, not to let the ball bounce. Even if you, yeah. you know, get the head to it and knock it further away or just dive for it. I mean... When that ball bounced, ah, he said, don't let it bounce. And then, you know, the rest was history. I mean, 1-1 one, one to Liverpool. And, you know, it's kind of, I, don't, I know you were very confident with the team, but, like, it's kind of gives me shades of when Arsenal lead a game, the team scores and Arsenal just capitulates. Yeah, I mean, look, I think with some Arsenal fans, I mean, like, like say with you, and, and I mean, you're not the only one, but I think they still have to, like, really, really win over your trust. Because, I mean, you you've seen... You've been down the path. You've seen where just when you start so getting confident in the team, they kind of let you down in an yeah. aspect like that. But I mean, look, my take again is a total different take on it. I mean, I, yeah. even though we conceded, I still thought to myself, Arsenal still look like a very angry team. They don't need to, uh, you know, get him down at the moment. You know, where 
You know, Arsenal at the Emirates Stadium in the in the Premier League haven't kept a clean sheet. And for me, you know, I, I know I'm nitpicking now. Yeah. I mean, after beating Spurs, beating, you know, Villa and beating whoever. It's just, you know, sometimes nice just to, to keep a clean sheet at home. And, 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 but now we're conceding silly goals and, you know, you need to cut these mistakes out. This is, like, I mean, uh, we have, uh, I also want to add to what you're saying. I just think to myself, it's like, Look, if you're going to concede, let the team work hard, your opponent work yes. hard, break you down to get the goal. But don't give them that moment that... Because, I mean, I think if we can go down or go back on... I mean, I'm not saying now for this episode, but I mean, if we must just go down the, the track record of this season alone. Yes, we're doing very well. But I just think there's a lot of matches where, as you know, said, we need to, you know, giving the ball away or, you know, making a silly error that lets the, the other team... Whereas, if you look at, say... Just now, for inter for inter now, a season or so ago with Man City or Chelsea in their prime or Pomp or Liverpool as well, you had to almost like bust the gut of that to yeah. get that sort of goal scoring chance to, to get past them. But I mean, we, I think that is the sort of thing that we still need to polish in our game. I think this aspect in the game that it looks fantastic to watch now, where they sort of put a, a sort of pressure on teams till you actually visually see the team, the opponent buckle. But there's also things where we're not seeing the game off where, you know, we, we're racing to a sort of big lead and then maybe, you know, a lack of concentration and we can't see. But now it's like uh, the game is still on a knife edge and we're still, yeah. you know, slipping it a bit. They, they, they become too complacent too early on. I mean, that's why that's been happening at the Emirates Stadium. I think, you know, a lot of our games, we get pegged back very quickly. I mean, just... I couldn't go on top of my head, you know, that Leicester game, we got 2-0, and then 2-1, two, then like 3-1, 3-2, so it became very close at the stage. Yeah, you yeah. look at Fulham, took the lead against us. You look at um, Aston Villa, equalised against us. I mean, a lot of teams either equalised or come close to equalising against us at the Emirates Stadium, so that means that, you know, Arsenal are almost resting on their laurels at home. Away from home, they seem to be, you know, putting that distance between the sides but at home I just seems like they're not doing that at the moment yeah then 41st minute Arsenal were you know playing that offside trap very well because Darwin Nunes kept getting caught offside because I mean I think at one point even Klopp was calling him over to the touchline and trying to explain to him about the whole you know I was like don't sit too high up because Arsenal are just every time he would just sit and take like a few steps uh, you know towards the halfway line and he'd be standing on his own there and getting caught offside uh, then at roughly the same time, also uh, after taking a knock from Thomas Party, Lewis Diaz then ended up getting replaced by uh, Bobby Firmino. Uh, then 45th minute, or actually 50th minute, because it was still five minutes injury time to it. As we close in on the hour and the half time whistle, Liverpool very much, you know, so high pressing in the Arsenal half. Arsenal ended up, you know, breaking up play as the ball starts breaking forward. The ball breaks to Jesus of all people, and I mean, he ends up feeding Martinelli, who sprints clear. All of a sudden, it's Arsenal 3v3 with a Liverpool defence. Martinelli, uh, Gabriel Magueles, and then Saka leading the charge as the Liverpool team was, you know, backtracking in defence with that three that they got. And almost like out of the blue, you also see Martin Odegaard bursting a lung to make it. It was like 4v3. And I mean, that was like, that just has this little run that he does, already brings you know, it was like some freedom for Martinelli. And I mean, he ends up getting the time to cut inside, get his head up. He plays the ball across the six-yard box. Gabriel makes a fantastic dummy to let the ball roll across his body. And I mean, out of the blue also, you see Saka just coming in and stabbing the ball home on the right. 2-1 Arsenal. Yeah, no, it was a really good counter-attacking goal. And I have to admire, you know, that... Just Liverpool got the free kick. They uh, missed, missed the free kick and off we went, you know, without 
you know, they're turning and slowing the game down. It's like they just, like, you know, they say that one time with an Arsenal goal against Birmingham when Burkham scored, and they say the Arsenal relay team, because that's how they basically went, you know. Good goal, good way to end yeah. off. 2-1 to Arsenal. And, you know, you're just kind of hoping that we can just get that extra goal just to kind of put that daylight between us and Liverpool. And I mean, something you must do just actually later on, maybe this evening, just watch the highlights package again of that game. Just watch Darwin Nunes runs from the Arsenal edge of the box right through past his own midfield to get to Saka. And I mean, that's why the, the, the spotlight also fell on the uh, Liverpool midfield for allowing, you know, with like the, the centre-forward of these ends up overtaking all of them to get to Saka. <laughs> I mean, none of them really even made the... A uh, lung busting run uh, to defend. That being said, we're going to the second half. You know, everything looks positive already because I think I had one one. I was, I was thinking, you know, this is really on a knife edge. And I mean, as you said now, sometimes you do get the bad memories of, of Liverpool visits there to, to the yeah. But I mean, that being said, we go in with a 2 1 lead. Second half starts. 50th minute, I, I was actually close to pulling my ear out because yeah. Odegaard uh-huh. find himself into the box. And I mean, I thought to myself, dude, you got left top corner, right top corner, bottom corner, either side of Allison, And he ends up blasting the ball straight at the palms of Allison. And I mean, it infuriated me because I really thought we were going to go into a 3-1 lead. Yeah, that was supposed to be 3-1. That should have been 3-1. And, you know, I wouldn't say game set and match, but it meant yeah. that Liverpool would have had to have scored twice just to bring it level and a third to kind of beat us. So, you know, that was very frustrating. Yeah. Then 53rd minute. Jota ends up feeding a through ball to Bobby Firmino. He ends up slide passing the ball under Ramsdale with his left foot, and it's 2 2. And all of a sudden, that, that Odegaard miss looks really costly. Yeah, and, and that 2 2, I, I mean, look at the harmless ball. I mean, the harmless position. And I don't know how he managed to slip in like that and, 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 and just make that finish look so easy. But Firmino once again scores passes. I think they said it's his. Ninth goal against us in his 16th game, or some, or some, yeah, some yeah. weird stat like that that he scored past us. And I'm sure, I mean, if you go down the track record, I'm sure he scored in successive seasons, even at tricks against us. So, yeah, yeah, he's been that dangerous. Um, then 74th minute penalty for Arsenal after Jesus was clipped by Thiago. Uh, look, I know this brought us a lot of controversy. I, I know a lot of Liverpool yeah. fans saw it one way, a lot of Arsenal fans, of course, with. You know, being biased is sort another way. But I mean, just my take also, and I mean, I'm going to try to be as fair as possible. When that ball gets floated in, look, you, I can clearly see Thiago wants to get to the ball. But I mean, Jesus plays the oldest trick in the striker book there. He puts his foot ahead or in between Thiago and the ball. And I mean, he's almost like waiting for that contact. And yes, I mean, I fully agree he's a soft penalty. But, I mean, the contact is there. There's nothing you can know. You know, if some bust you can say about it. But, I mean, like, uh, most refs, especially the way Michael Oliver was standing as well, we saw it, like, quite clearly nobody was uh, in his way or anything. They're going to take it based on that contact. And, I mean, as much as Thiago did not mean it, you, there was no malicious, uh, you know, attitude in it. But, I mean, he did clip him. So, I mean, the, and the play, of course, instinctively went down as well. I mean, that's just the thing because... I mean, you see Jamie Vardy do it. Yeah, He's, I was about to say that. No, any yes. of these top forwards, they will do it. They're going to go down. It's just, now because it's us, it's only like it takes now the whole rule book now, you know, goes out of the window then. Yeah, I know. Look, I, I had also debated a lot of people about it. I just said, look, it's, it is inconsistency in the Premier League. Next week, that decision gets given against us. I mean, if you look at that level, at that United decision that, you know, that, we all went back. Odegaard made a foul, as soft as it may be. It was a foul, yeah. and they they gave the foul. He put his hands were on. I mean, Arsenal yeah. could have scored, and the game could have been swung differently. Now that it also reversed, you know, the, the luck of the draw comes into your favor. You get the penalty, and so be it. I mean, yeah. you know, VAR had a check. They said no. It's no no clear and obvious error. So yeah. you know, Arsenal have been on the bad of it so many times. Now we're on the good, and now they're debating it, and and Rio and saying, ah, it was a, a legitimate penalty. Yeah. Then Saka, I mean, after much delay, and, and and look, there was also little things also happening off the ball leading up to that. 
But I mean, let us get to the, another day, you know, almost like another day, because until we get also clarity with the whole Henderson and, and um, Gabriel thing, I think it's best to, you know, we, we keep our opinions to ourselves. Yeah. It's until we hear what the FA says, and then we, you like say myself, and like you and me can then elaborate on, on that moment of that match. But that being said, Saka steps up after that delay and plants the ball past Allison and also goes 3 2 up. Yeah, you know, it's becoming a, you know, we haven't had a real stable penalty taker probably since the days of Santiago, Alba, and Laka, you know, back and forth thing because maybe the one yeah. misses the penalty or whatever. But, you know, you, you check now at um, how, how Saka, you know, is going up to the ball confidently and he's our penalty taker now, you know, at least we know penalty comes, who's going to take the ball and, and he slotted away quite good. And just one thing I want to note before, um, you know, we, we carry on. I mean, the, the substitute of the 69th minute where uh, Mo Salah got taken off, it just showed how good Tomiyasu was playing up against him. And then, I just, it was weird. What were Liverpool trying, you know, going, taking Salah off for Fabinho? It just showed that the, the, the respect Klopp has now for this Arsenal side because in the past, he wouldn't have done that. He would have probably just swarmed us more because he would have leading us 2-3-0 already. So, you know, big up to, to Tomiyasu as well for the way he, he nullified Salah. But, I mean, also, you know, big props to Mikala Teta because, I mean, look, it was his idea to go that route. I mean... You, I mean, I'm sure many of us can't even deny the fact that when we thought, like, what is uh, Arteta trying when we saw the lineup coming out, you know, before. Yeah. And I mean, when, afterwards, when they started explaining it, like, you know, when it broke the, the, the almost like the tactic down eventually or during the off break, off time break action, when they were actually saying, you can see why they're using Tommy Yass because look, he's strong on his right foot and Salah is always tempted to come on the. Yes on the left to shoot and you'd rather take somebody with a stronger, you know, right foot to do the sort of tackles and blocking. And, and I mean, look, for, uh, you know, after he got subbed, he was in Tomiyasu's pocket all the time. Yeah. Uh, so we, uh, we made a sub in the 82nd minute. Kieran Tierney on uh, Odegaard off. Um, Arsenal are switched to a 3-4-3 as they tried to, you know, better control the match. And I think that was also a key moment in the game. Then 88th minute, uh, Harvey Elliott, who came on as a late sub, he tries to dive in the box. I mean, quickly, uh, uh, it got uh, scrapped by VAR because it clearly showed Elliott, by the time he wants to start falling, um, Kirti and he actually just wise up to the situation and he actually pulls his foot back, letting the player fall. I mean, right there, I think he should have also been booked because I think yeah. a lot of times these players try to get away with this, almost like, you know, what we were talking about, gamesmanship. But I mean, if you get caught, you should also be punished then. Like my yeah. Then 90th uh, minute, Nketiah uh, comes on, Jesus comes off. I mean, he also ran his race, but I mean, again, fantastic performance by him. And I mean, if you just think of it over the course of the game, he <laughs> kept Matip and Van Dijk on their toes because I think they probably hated the fact every long Ramsdale ball, he was just, le- I mean, you could actually see something like he's just laying into them to, to yeah. get him away or, or get himself a path clear when he, you know, he brings the ball down. But I mean, fantastic performance by Jesus. And of course, Vieira came on for Saka, who also ran his race, and it was like 94th minute. Then at the same minute, all ends were to the pump for the final few minutes. And I mean, by the time Michael Oliver calls time, I mean, a superb, superb win for Arsenal. Three points and back to the top of the league. Yeah, it was a crucial win for us. I mean, you know, when we spoke about the Spurs and Arsenal game, we said four out of six points would be, you know, amazing. Yes. Yes. Amazing. And and we pulled six out of six. And, you know, we kind of said it's all about bettering your results of last season. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is one, another one of them, you know, we, we've added to bettering a result from last season. Um, you know, immense performance by the guys. I mean... You know, even though there were some nerve-wracking moments, you know, we were under, we controlled the game fairly well. I think we showed a lot of composure, maturity, maturity, and, you know, we take the three points. Yeah. So now, and the attention falls out of Bodo Glimp versus Arsenal, um, the last night's match. Arsenal made the trip up north to visit uh, Bodo Glimp in the Arctic Circle. I mean, that was already an icy meeting between Bodo Glimp and, uh, and Arsenal with... You know, the, the snow-capped mountains already in the distance. And I mean, it was like a quite strong polar wind also blowing there. Um, Arteta made 
what was it, seven changes from the team that beat uh, Liverpool. Only White, Saliba, Odegaard and Saka kept their places. Gabriel Jesus and Zinchenko were also like left totally, you know, in London, not to, you know, even make, bother making the trip. Um, I was going to do a, you know, like a sort of deep, deep breakdown where I do it, you know, where I crunch it down in, in minute format. But I mean, I was just, uh, I chose like a different option of, you know, doing a breakdown of the game. Um, look at the sort of comments uh, post-match. Well, mm-hmm. not like, you know, awesome or not impressive. Poor performance, not good on the eye and you know, things like this. Now, I just want to bring my points forward and I mean, you can then also add, you know, whenever, yeah. sort of pause or whatever. I mean, my take was just, you know, we were playing a team who are on a 14-match undefeated home run in Europe. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's only better by Barcelona on like a 15 consecutive um, home matches at the time. And I mean, that on an artificial t- uh, pitch that, that, that Bode is almost like, you know, a great equaliser for them. Whenever you see yeah. even the top teams come visit them, they do struggle. And I, I think many f- like fans or listeners, uh, uh, you know, even pundits, I think some of them, you must also, also like ask them, especially like, like when it comes to the criticisms coming from the, the Arsenal fan base. My question is also like to them, is like, you know, have you ever played also on a 3 or 4G pitch? Because... It can be tough. And I mean, Aiden, you also play on these um, pitches. Yeah. And I mean, artificial pitches are unforgiving because they allow the ball to run. Even if you do something as simple as letting the ball run across your body, normally on a grass pitch, the ball starts slowing down. Yeah. On, a, on a pitch like that, it will just keep on rolling, keep on rolling. So all of a sudden, you look like you're playing a fantastic pinpoint pass. But then all of a sudden, it looks like you're overheating the ball because the ball just keeps on rolling out of play or away from the play. And it's something like a frustrating thing. And you could see some of the players, especially at the first part of the game, were struggling to come to grips to that. Every time they were letting the ball go past them, thinking, okay, I'm going to catch up to it. And then all of a sudden, you see this ball. It's like, it goes like from 10 to 50 feet away from you. And you really start to struggle to, you know, catch up to the ball. So that's the one factor. <clears throat> then I also wanted to bring up, like, you know, as much as Odegaard said uh, in the press conference uh, a few days back, that, you know, the pitch isn't a factor, it's just at the end of the day, you're just playing football. But, I mean, if you look long at, you know, the the, uh, the the cold facts to everything, it's like, when you see, when you come on a, a pitch like that, and you see a team like Arsenal that are, you know, fantastic passes of wall struggle, it tells you how that, that pitch is like equalize everything to it. Yeah, no, I, I even thought that the game was going to be a bit easier for us, you know. But, you know, even if you think of those long balls, that ball bounces as a defender as well. Yeah. You know, you have to be on the money. And I'm sure, like, you know, the boat players um, knew that, you know, they can maybe dart in behind because there's a few yeah. times they caught our defense off guard. And I think that is because, you know, they know the luck of the bounce. They know yeah. how to, to time their runs and those type of things. So, you know, on the one hand, they 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 kind of crucifying our performances. On the other yeah. hand, you know, you... You look at the teams in Europe, you're not going to win every single game mm. playing good football. I mean, you know, I, I know Champions League and, and Europa League do different things, but you look at Man City, rotated aside and they drew against um, Copenhagen. Yeah. Not saying Copenhagen's uh, any, you know, better than Bodo or, or vice versa, mm. but you got to look at it in that, you know, context as well. Yeah. You know, that's. At, at City didn't have a good game at the office. They at the office. They drew. Arsenal didn't have a so-called good game at the office. I know it's in the Europa League, but it was against the Norwegian champions, and we 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 managed to eke out the result away from home against a side that thrashed Roma six-one, and they beat them two-one in the Conference League quarterfinals. So mm-hmm. it's it's not the easiest of places to go to, and to you know yes they had a lot of chances. Yes you know we. We switched off a lot. Matt Turner had a, had a good game, but you know it took a different level of concentration and type of grit to yeah. to, to to what we did yesterday. And I mean, there were, I think we already could feel. I mean, I was, you know, look, you missed me before the game, and you were asking me my the feeling towards my gut feeling, and I said like you know yeah. three, one four one. And but you know, but I can tell you now. I mean, I didn't mention this to you yesterday, but it was about five minutes in. The ball got played long by Bodo Glimp. The ball bounced and look, normally on the grass pitch, you as a goalkeeper know the ball's going to come to you. It's going to bounce, yeah. skid and come to you. And the ball bounced and it bounced straight in front of it, turn and it did not come into the box. So I think he ended up having to do a sort of high kick to get the ball into the stands. 
And right there told me, oh God, we're going to have a problem because now the ball is not doing, it's not coming onto us. We almost like have to go fix the ball when it bounces in that fashion. But, you know, okay, back to the game. We did manage to nick a goal in the 24th minute. I mean, it's also a very <laughs> ugly, scrappy goal. Yeah. Because Saka ends up, I think he blasts the ball and I think it flicks the defender's thigh or leg and it comes back you. and smacks him in the face and goes past the wrong diving key away, like keep going the wrong way. And it, it ends up just looping past the keeper in, I mean, like, you know, a real smash and grab goal. But I mean, yes, we took the lead. And I think when, look, we were knock, knocking at the door all the time to try to get, you know, the second and the third. Yeah. But I mean, the conditions were so bizarre as well with the pitch and it. And I mean, you, look, you can't do that too quick of a, a, a turn because you don't want to also mess up your leg or, or you know, because I was actually worried every time I saw a sort of impact injury and the players were laying on the pitch. I thought, oh God, this is now a, a bigger problem. But I mean, we end up playing more of a position game. And they almost like trying to run and, you know, almost like almost like playing P in the middle at times with, with them, having a chance of But I mean, as you said now, Matt Turner, what, <clears throat> one of his best performances for us so far, and I think it came down to also that something that he's good at, that even when he was at the MLS, is that uh, short-range shot-stopping. Because, I mean, he was putting off some fantastic saves, like a couple of, especially the two standout ones that kept the game at one all for us. But, I mean, three points out of three matches, well poised to win the group. And, I mean, uh, uh, you know, to guarantee ticket into the last 16. Yeah, that was good, good results. But, <laughs> you know, it, it's... It's it is Al's business, and we move on now to you know a, a Leeds United side that you know have been up and down. They've had some inconsistencies. They've been throwing, then they you know they lose, but they also you know have Chelsea scalp at I mean while Tuchel was still the man in charge, but I mean you know Leeds are a type of side that if you allow them to bully you, you can get you know overrun. But you know it's gonna Arsenal seem to be doing the business away from home. Yeah, I mean, I think Leeds have also, as you said, now I think they've actually drawn more than they've uh, won in that because I think they only won two for the season so far, if I recall. Yeah, two wins, three losses, and three draws. I think they've got like a minus one uh, goal difference. I think they sort of have four key injuries. You know, Dallas, who's been a key player last season for them, I mean, he's still out with that broken leg that he suffered. Um, the Yelder. Also, one of the key players, you know, missing Furpo. I think Furpo could be a doubt, you know, the one they left back. And um, for sure, still probably, you know, one of the midfield linchpins, and I think they have been missing because I mean, it kind of leaves them somewhat exposed when he's not playing. Um, Arsenal also have doubts with Zinchenko still, you know, I mean, I don't know how far they're going to, you know, add this week to probably work with him rather physically, you know, with Fizio and that to see that he's fit for this game. And I mean, for El Nani and, and Smith and Arsenal, the long-term injuries for Arsenal. Um, I think we will have our work cut out because, I mean, Leeds are no pushovers. I mean, I'm not... Even, you know, like, you know, Pom type, I think I won't, like, you know, take them lightly because yeah. that Allen Road crowd is very intimidating. And I think at times Leeds do play too gung and I think that's actually where teams try to punish them. Yeah, no, I... I... It, it's a very, it can be a very tricky affair against Leeds if you allow them to get on you. And, you know, they, they bully you almost because of the gang of football that they play against. Yeah. You almost second-guess yourself. But, you know, I think it's Tierney, well, if, if they decide to go with Tierney, I hope he, 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 he gives a good account of himself because it feels like he's still a bit of a playing in the shell. And, you yeah. know, they haven't really entrusted him, you know, fully as, yeah. as, as he should. Um, but I think the team probably picks itself. I mean... You yeah. know, um, Ramsdale in goals. I wonder if Ben White still goes and plays right back. And Tommy Yasu, is he going to get a start at left back? Or do you throw Tierney in? Or do you give Gabriel a rest and you throw in, um, you know, Ben White and Saliba with Tommy Yasu on the right back? It, I mean, it doesn't. Arteta seems to be enjoying having Ben White on the right back. I don't know if it gives it more defensive, um, defensive at the back, solidity. Um, you know, party Xhaka, you know, pick yourself with Odegaard. I mean, Fabio Vieira, shame. I mean, he, it's just a pity that, you know, he, he just, at this point in time, you just can't put him in the team with, with what's happening in, like, with our strongest 11 at the moment. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, for me, the one guy actually, look, I mean, of, of course, you want Arsenal to win it, but I mean, one guy I actually enjoy watching is that Harrison, Jack Harrison. Oh, yes, yes, because, yes. I mean, I think it was, I mean, that is somebody that would not be bad for us on the left hand side because I know Arsenal were saying, you know, they're looking almost like for a backup for, for Martinelli, you know, to be. Yeah, no, we need it. We need it. And then, I mean, of course, their goals at the moment are coming from uh, Rodrigo, and I think he's always been in danger, but I mean, also play that's aging, not really. I mean, they have this Sinistera. I don't know if they bought him from the Dutch league or whatever, but I mean, he's also on three goals for them. So, I mean, it's going to be a, it's going to be a good scrap, but I, I mean, I just think if Arsenal play their, their cards, right, and, and as you said, they look, Arsenal look more refreshed when they're also away from home. You know, they're, they're more expensive for their football. So, I mean, again, I'm, I'm quite positive going into the game as a, as a goon. Yeah, and I think we, we, we kick off before the, the um, City uh, Liverpool game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, that. I think, you know, you can put that, what, four-point gap between um, us and City. You know, it's, 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 I'm not saying it's a title race, but, I mean, it's yeah. a psychological thing of, you know, four points and you have to go to Anfield now. So, you know, show us what you got. And I think, I don't know how you're going to take it. You know, if we can get to three points, I'll be... Keeping on a red jersey, yeah, and and singing "You Never Walk Alone" because if you know if Liverpool can do us a favor, yeah. and you know, and I keep on thinking what you tell me in the back of my mind, like you know, if Arsenal can be on top before the World Cup starts, or do it while the World Cup starts, or just um, yeah, you know, be even a point or two behind City before the World Cup starts. I mean, it's, it's it'll be massive. I'm not saying like again, I'm not saying oh we're going to be in the title race, but I mean, you know, you go into that. Um, we uh, that was like a break, you know. We are Teta can start thinking again, you know. Even Edu can discuss, okay, you know, what do we need to, to bolster mm. the squad? I mean, you know, do we need another attack? Do you know we need someone in case party gets injured? You know, there's there's time to 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 reassess things, and you know, you could come back more dangerous than ever. I mean, a lot of Liverpool City, um, I know we also have a but more so Liverpool City United, even Spurs, a lot of their key players are like, you know, linchpins in countries that are at the World Cup. So, you know, they'll be pushing to try to go all the way. And, you know, heartbreak during a season, how does it impact, you know, uh, a player, you know, let's say a Kevin De Bruyne goes to the final and loses or, you yeah. know, psychologically it, it, it could impact, you know, key player of key teams. So, yeah, going to be, you know, important for us to get that three points on on Sunday and then, you know, kind of say over to you, Manchester City. Yeah. So from there, we move our attention now to next week's Thursday night fixtures. Probably going to be the only one since that was one of the forced uh, cancellation matches uh, during that uh, Queen's bereavement. Um, Arsenal, PSV, Antwerp, yeah, PSV doing quite well in the domestic league. Third right now and in the Europa League of ours, uh, they second. Um, also, we'll probably try to, you know, get the job, uh, job done already at the Emirates on, on match day four, you know, and guarantee the top spot. And I mean, I think the one guy, I mean, I don't know if you have to go in detail with the whole uh, PSVT, but I mean, Cody Gakpo, that is like the goat at the moment, because I mean, he's truly a talisman. He's like, his rating, his average rating is 8.98 per game. Um, he's, he's a top goal scorer for them with nine, and he's top in assists with six. Sure. I mean, he, he was a guy we were after. We, we, he was a guy we were after. Uh, was it? So maybe you never know what... what if, but I mean, he's probably a guy who'd want to play week in, week out if he came to, yeah. to a club. And I don't think at this point in time any player um, can do that. But I think it's going to be interesting to see the lineup of Teta puts against PSV, knowing that, you know, if you can get a result, you know, you kind of secure top spot. And I think we're edging closer and closer to the World Cup starting, which means, you know, the rotation now, you know, certain games, if you can get the job done sooner, the better, and take the players off. Yeah. And I mean, um, I think after after the PSV game, then we have that away trip again to Southampton. So, I mean, I just wonder how, as you know, said, how he's going to balance the squad out because... I mean, does he try to like sort of blitz them since it's a home game, and then you know to withdraw the players so that they can be fit again for 
the the Sunday game, or you know, does he go again like a sort of drastic with a change? So yeah, I, I fully agree. It will be interesting to see. Um, before we end off now, and I just bring up a, a couple of talking points. Um, look, I just want to ask you, and I mean, it's almost like an open, almost like an open floor question. Like, you know, why are we held into a different light uh, compared to other teams? Because look, with Spurs, uh, when we played them, as well as we played, all of a sudden in the media or, or certain, not certain, not all, certain fan quarters, it was like, yeah, but it was against 10 men. And I mean, even though, I mean, with the, you know, the true honest Spurs fans you do get out there, I mean, they were even saying, even down before they were down to 10 men, they were already struggling and Arsenal were in full control. So it's almost like, some of them were saying they were actually just waiting to concede extra goals because they, they could see the sort of ascendancy Arsenal were in, in that second half, especially. And then you come against now Liverpool last week, where now you have that, after all that, if you just think of that, that, that sort of hype building up to that Sunday game from the media quarters now. And I mean, now we have to hear, oh yeah, it wasn't a, a great Liverpool t- side of old. And I mean, okay, maybe yes, to a degree they are right, but I mean, it also took us to, you know, make, uh, Liverpool also think twice of just thinking they can come to the Emirates and almost like not only stomp on our ground, but almost like walk all over us, which we, you know, we showed, almost like we shoved it right back in their face because even though they were, you know, putting this out every time into the game, we always looked like we're going to get that, that third. If they were going to get at the 3-3, we were going to probably get that fourth again. So, I mean, we, we showed that sort of, you know, it, it's a scary dominance, which really, really impressed me. And I mean, for me, yes, every game brings a, a sort of different test. And I mean, I think we all know it. So we all, I mean, people are almost like trying to say, almost like all Arsenal fans are uh, thinking it's a, you know, we title contenders. Look, you and I sit from the get-go. We have a certain target that we already as fans have in place, and I'm sure the listeners yeah, yeah. as well. But I mean, I just think to myself, every test is going to be a different sort of approach you're going to have. So it's not like you're going to have a, you know, you can be like a flat track bully, because you know you're going to have to mix things up. And as I said, a week or so back when we did the podcast, where I said, up to then, when they said we played nobody, we were playing teams in the top 10 already. It's just because uh, the likes of Liverpool, Chelsea, and Man City were already, not Man City, sorry, Man United were already tanking off and playing teams from 15 and uh, below. Now, all of a sudden, because like with us, it's like, uh, you know, we played nobody. I mean, we saw, you saw what uh, Crystal Palace are capable of. We managed yeah, yeah. to, you know, grind away and beat them. No, I. I... I think Arsenal, you know, we came up stuck against Man United, and I think we led from that because yeah. the way we approached the game, I mean, you know, Tottenham is third on the log. I mean, we've beaten Tottenham, albeit at home. Um, Liverpool, okay, are 10th, Fulham are ninth, Bournemouth are eighth. I mean, you know, okay, Crystal Palace is 15th at the moment, but, you know, on the yeah, day, they yeah. can't beat you. I mean, Aston Villa, they're 16th, but they drew to Man City. You know, it's uh, the, the media are very quick to criticize Arsenal. And I think, you know, Arsenal lost 3-0 to Spurs with 10 men. Um, the, the, the focus there was on same old, same old Arsenal. You know, yeah. they, cra- they crack under pressure. They do this. Now Arsenal are, you know, turning turning the, the, the corner. And, you know, you, you, we to go beat Liverpool. Man United beat Liverpool too. And they were, you know, raving about Man United, Eric Tenag. But the guy was just waiting on the counter-attack for Liverpool. We took the game to Liverpool. Yeah. And, you know, we, we we were never in doubt. I mean, Liverpool United were holding all hands on deck when, when Salah scored um, to make it 2-1. But Arsenal, when, like you said, when, when Liverpool scored past us, we were like, OK, here we go again. Yeah, and I mean, I was listening a little bit to, you know, post-match to uh, uh, the Liverpool, uh, one of the, the fan podcasts, you know, when they do that, that game, the, the matches where they, uh, you know, like talk you through the match and that. And I mean, at one point, even at that one Scouser fan, he said also, just look at how they're toying with us out of, the, out of our box. Or the other one was saying, look at they just having pot shots at, at Allison because they were like randomly just picking out when they want to, you know, like pick you apart and... You know, like, as I said, like, with, a, with a cat playing with a mouse. Yeah. Like, you know you're going to go in for the kill, but this time around, they also look leaner and meaner now. No, they do. It's almost like, a, you know, someone that was getting bullied. Um, and then over the summer holidays, the, the oh, guy yeah. getting bullied beefed up and now he's, you know, taking on the bully. But, you know, one thing that's been a concern of mine, I think you yeah. mentioned to me yesterday in a personal message, I mean, 
I don't know if you probably know it, it's hitting by some Aiden Ketia, you know. Yeah. Um, he's obviously hasn't been given a lot of run of games, but you know, when he's played, yes, he scored, uh, he's, he's gotten goals, but you know, he's, he's, his play just doesn't seem to be working at Arsenal. I know he's got the number 14 jersey, yeah. um, but maybe Arteta sees something we don't. I mean, just like, you know, he said trust the process, but yeah. here for me, like, you know, if Jesus picks up, you know, heaven, Lord forbid, uh, an injury that holds him out for four or five games, you know, do you see Eden Ketia coming in and, you know, carrying that same kind of, um, positive presence into the team, or, or do you think you know January window? You know we need to look and say, okay, we need somebody that's going to actually keep Jesus on his toes. That you know, if Jesus has two or three bad games, you put this guy in and you will score three to four goals. You know, also. I mean, I, I, I fully agree. I mean, I just think look, like for me, when when I saw that, that little that, that the small cameo he had now against Liverpool. Look, you saw what Jesus and his size did to, to uh, Matip and, and Van Dijk. And then you look at, at, at if you throw someone like Nketi in, he's not going to have that sort of physical uh, you know, prowess to really bother them that much. Because, I mean, I, I, I watched him also like against Bodo Glimt. Look, he, he was leading the line now last night in that match. Yeah. And, I mean, there were certain aspects where he works himself up. Because there was one moment that you, you picked up in the game where... I think it was close to the end of the match when the, the goalie got in a muddle there. And I thought he was going to have a more calm hit. And I think he just snapped at the ball. And I think he, could, he should have just... Because there was no go way the goalie was going to catch him if he was yeah. just going to, you know, jog towards goal and roll the ball into the empty net. But, I mean, he tries from an acute angle to also blast. And I think he ended up just hitting the side and hitting. Yeah, no, I don't know. I, I think... He... He's, he's, he can't be your second-in-command striker. I mean, you you need somebody that's going to, you know, I know we were after like a Ferran Torres guy. I mean, he can play on the left and he could you know, do a job in the centre if he needs to be. But, yeah, that's just my my take. Or well, even as, like, I think even like a cameo, I think you, you know, to also see as a fan or even as, say, Arteta, where he's actually not forcing an issue to like somehow scramble or get a goal to, even if it's just a, you know, just to show you some sort of threat. And I mean, I, I haven't seen that in him yet where he's now, you know, he's complained and that about the given opportunities, he gets it. But then you don't see, and I mean, I'm not just talking of last night, I'm just thinking of a Bodo Glimt game. I expected at the Emirates, I expected even more from him there. And I mean, yes, he scored a goal, but I mean, after that, after the goal, he almost like just faded out of the game, really. It's like his overall play, you know, he gets the goal and it's normally a scrappy goal, but his, his overall play after that, you know, I mean, I don't know if I'm watching with the blinkers on, but I just don't don't see anything that, you know, he's the guy that can can help the, uh, the take um, the load of Jesus because, you know, um, um, Sylvan, Volto, Nwanku Kanu, you know, even when they were aging, um, they were helping the likes of Henri with the, like, you know, when Henri was out maybe for three yeah. or four games, you had a guy that was going to capably deputize and, and put goals away. I think Arteta well, is very reluctant to probably start and get there in a Premier League game because I think it might be a struggle for goals and, yeah. you know, it might you know, have a knock-on effect where we start forcing a game. So, yeah, very, very, very important thing to think about going into January. Yeah. Okay, guys, with that, we in the podcast. Hope you guys have a fantastic weekend and enjoy the game on Sunday. Come on, you guys. Come on, let's get the three points. <laughs>